What is up, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to this week's episode of the Why Not Game podcast. It is finally time to jump 25 years into the past and play the once amazing first-person shooter, GoldenEye 007. Did this beloved game age well? Keep listening to hear our thoughts. As always, follow us on Twitter at WhyNotGamePod for updates and information, and please let us know what you think about this game or your favorite game. And without further ado, let's get it. Happy, happy Wednesday. Why not, family? It is a wonderful day for us to come together and to talk about the things that we love most, which isn't our family, isn't our loved ones. No, no, no. It is video games. Um, Sorry, Shelby. Sorry, Angela. Sorry, April. But you're no longer the loves of our lives. You're just our wives. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I do love my wife. <laughs> yes, yes, I love my family a lot. Yeah, okay. my family's pretty great. All right, that was all good. Right. That was good. That was good. You know, I, I'm just you know trying to trying to lighten the mood a little bit because I'm not going to lie. Today hasn't been the best day for me. Um, yeah, me either. But we made it through. We're here. We're near the end of our day. But on the podcast, man, we're just getting started. So it's a fresh take. It's another opportunity for us to just go out here, have some fun, talk about some video games. And of course, with me today and every day, the Man Bat DJ. Man Bat. Yes. Oh. Now that you all know my identity, what's up? Why not nation? Thanks again for joining us on another great episode. We hope you guys enjoy the title. We hope you've played the game, enjoy the game, but more importantly, we're just glad you're listening. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks so, so much. And of course, we can't forget about the next member of the Why Not crew, and that is Travis. Hi. How's everybody doing? Man, it's it's a good day. It is good. <laughs> it is good. Everyone's got a little bit of a cough. Everyone's feeling a little blue. It's yeah. great. It's, it's great. So we're going to go ahead and apologize in advance for any coughs that we catch because I'm going to be honest. I'm the one who sits and edits these podcasts. And if I feel like I feel now when I'm supposed to edit this thing, I'm probably not going to be looking for every single cough. So my bad. But, you know, enough about that nitty gritty detail. Let's talk about some video games. Uh, Travis, you know, what games have you been playing lately? Well, since we've hit the 100-day mark until Tears of the Kingdom, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. Um, so I'm super, super excited about that. Cannot wait for Tears of the Kingdom. I respect that. I respect that. You did say last week that it is the game that you are most looking forward to. Oh, yes. So, very cool. What about you, DJ? I have been um, diving into a little bit more Xbox over PlayStation here lately, which 
which I mean makes sense because I got an Xbox for Christmas where mostly it was just PlayStation and maybe a little bit of Nintendo here and there. But been working on um, some upcoming titles that we're going to cover. Um, been working on Banjo Tooie, which I'm hoping will be part of the sequels edition we bring out later this year because I know how much my brother really loves that franchise. Um, but uh, aside from that, just been dabbling in a little bit of this and that finally um was able to download um final fantasy 7 crisis core have not played it yet because i'm i'm a slacker and uh yeah so i'm getting there but you've told me it was great so hopefully i can dive into that soon what about you what are you into you know i'm i'm very disappointed dj the fact that you have not played that game yet, and you never even played it for the PSP, I feel like you should have more of a sense of urgency to play that game because um, it truly changes the story of Final Fantasy VII in like such a profound way. And mm-hmm. it really makes you wonder where this remake is going. And I also want to get on my high horse and talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake, because people are very upset that it is not a true-to-form remake, but rather, you know, a retelling, where there's a lot of theories that talk about, you know, Aerith already knows that she's supposed to die, but this is a different timeline where she's trying to stop that. And my whole thing here is, by the name of the title, Remake, Right, We think that that means it's a remake, but then when we look at the title of the sequel and it's Rebirth, Mm -hmm. and then we look at Crisis Core and it's Reunion. Re is simply the heading for these types of games. I guarantee you the third game in the trilogy is going to be Re-something. And so we have to take that thought of it being a remake and throw it out the trash because it is not a remake. It is called Final Fantasy VII Remake. Not Final Fantasy VII, the remake. It's Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that is just me talking about that. But I will go ahead and say we're going to cover that in a lot more detail uh, later on this year because it is on our slate of games for 2023. But what games have I been playing? Boy, oh boy. Let me go ahead and tell you. Power Wash Simulator. Oh. Trying to figure out how to work a Power Wash? Let me go ahead and tell you. Right, because both of you, it's on it's on Game Pass, right? I bought it for the PS Five last night, and when I tell you that this is, I don't know, early prediction, early prediction, this might be my game of the year, twenty twenty three, from my twenty four hours with it. Kind of like when I played uh, Dreamlight Valley last year, how it just hooked me and I was engrossed in it. This game, I can already know. I, I'm probably going to stay up till midnight playing it. And all I'm doing is literally pressure washing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Like I, I, I truly all you think, do. I truly think this is something that, you know, we need to do um, collectively because there is co-op. We can jump into each other's worlds and help clean. Like, come That's on. cool. Come on. So we're the what ghostbusters more? of dirt and scum. Yeah, we're the scum busters. Yeah. That's it. Busted all the scum. <laughs> we should trademark that. We should. We bust scum. 
You guys heard it um, first here on the Why Not Why Not podcast. That's it. That's it. But yeah, no, Power Wash Simulator. It's a phenomenal game. Uh, it's actually pretty cool because uh, it just released on PlayStation like yesterday, a couple days ago. Or by the time y'all are hearing this a week ago. And one of the like special DLC areas is Laura Croft, like from Tomb Raider, the her manor. You can wash her manor. Oh. And that's there's also cool. Yeah, there's also because this is uh, made by the Square Enix Collective, which I focuses on uh, indie games, um, and so uh, another DLC that's coming out soon is actually cleaning in Midgar, so Final Fantasy VII related. Oh, that's Very actually cool. really cool. <clears throat> so, that is cool. pretty cool. Um, just just a quick um, backtrack of what you said about Scumbuster. For the rare chance that somebody high up in the world actually hears this podcast and we get sued, we can't use Scumbuster. <laughs> Scumbuster wow. is a Black & Decker cordless wet scrubber product. Yeah, that's, right that that's right it is. That's right it is. That's exactly Black, what Black I thought and, a Scumbuster would be. Black & Decker, we apologize. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, there goes that idea. Yep. Yeah, but that's exactly what I thought a scumbuster would be. You know, that describes it to a T. Uh, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Well, All right, we're we're talking about a video game today, and as Travis alluded to in the opening, this game came out over twenty five years ago. Um, this game is a game that was. There's been teases for it to re release. There have been, you know. A lot of people wanting it to re-release. We're talking about GoldenEye 007. And it all starts back, you know, in 2020, uh, 2021, 2022. There were these rumors that it was going to be released for Xbox. Because, as you know, Xbox does own Rare at this time. And so they, you know, people were thinking, okay, they're going to release it. Uh, because back in the day, there was a, I think it was an achievements list that leaked online for GoldenEye. But then, you know, fast forward, and then Nintendo Switch announces the Nintendo Switch Online expansion, which now includes Nintendo 64 games. And almost right away, everyone was like, GoldenEye, GoldenEye, GoldenEye. Because that truly was a defining game of the Nintendo 64. Like, when I think of original first-person shooters, like, I'm, I, I should probably know this, but I don't. But Doom. I imagine Doom is a first-person shooter. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it is. And I think that's probably the original. Like, when people think of FPS, they probably think Doom. But for a generation, GoldenEye was that game. GoldenEye was that first FPS. And so I can understand why people want that game to come back. And lo and behold, it did very recently. In fact, I believe it was what a week and a half ago, two weeks ago that this was released for both Nintendo switch online expansion and also released on Xbox game pass at the same time. But that's the version of the game we played was we played it on the Nintendo switch and the Xbox. 
But this game originally came out on the Nintendo 64. So GoldenEye 007 actually released in 1997, uh, developed by Rare, published by Nintendo for the 64. And it was based on the 1995 James Bond film, GoldenEye. Um, Pierce Brosnan, uh, personal, personal favorite of James Bond's, simply because of this movie. Because this movie and this game literally are the same. But pretty much James Bond, you know, you're being a spy. You're trying to stop the world from ending or whatever. But in this game, you're navigating a series of levels. You're trying to complete objectives, you know, recovering, destroying different items, saving people, killing people. Uh, but it was really cool when this game released in 1997 uh, because it, it had that story mode, but it also came out with a up to four player multiplayer um, where there were different scenarios. You could have, you could have a death match. You could see how many, how many times you get killed all those good things. What's interesting though, about GoldenEye, as we jump into the headlines for this game is that it is considered one of the great, greatest video games ever made with several of its elements, you know, certain weapons, certain, uh, techniques, if you will, as far as the game being made, actually had a lasting impression in video game culture. You know, one example is is the clob gun, right? So while there was no direct sequel to this game, you know, there's been other 007 games. There wasn't one that kind of lived up to that. But Rare did release a game that, you know, was kind of, in a way, a spiritual successor uh, called Perfect Dark. I uh, don't know Great if any of you've ever played that. Yeah. Yes, fantastic. Um, but, you know, years go by. In 2010, they actually have a remake of GoldenEye 007. Um, and then most recently, here in January, uh, it was released with Game Pass and Nintendo Switch. So when we say it's, people say it's one of the greatest games of all time, uh, Metacritic has it sitting at a 96 out of 100. And this is for a game that came out in 1997. So I know oh, we're going to yeah. talk about the game that came out in 1997, even though we're playing it in 2023. So with that, you know, uh, IGN gave it a 9.7 out of 10. Nintendo 64 Magazine gave it a 94%. Uh, Nintendo Power gave it a 9 out of 10. GameSpot, 9.8 out of 10. So this game received very high marks across the board. But our big question that we have here is, one, because we've all played this game when it was for the 64, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we, we, we have experience with this game. This isn't a game that we're playing for the first time on an Xbox or a Nintendo Switch. So before we jump into our most recent experience playing this game, I want us each to kind of talk about you know, when we think of GoldenEye, what do we think of? Like, what's what memory we have associated with it or anything like that? And I'd love to start uh, with DJ. DJ, what do you think of when you think of GoldenEye? When I think of GoldenEye, <clears throat> I think of probably my number one favorite James Bond movie. I've seen all 25. GoldenEye just takes the cake for me. Wait, there's 25? There's 25 James Bond movies, yes. Um, no Time to Die being the last one from 2021 or 
early 2022, somewhere in there. But anyway, um, GoldenEye is just absolutely fantastic. I remember, Ben, as kids, me and you and Bradley would stay up all hours of the night and we would, you know, find the cheats like for paintball mode in the multiplayer. So it was like, you know, you could splatter everything with paintball colors. And then you had like the invincibility thing or the golden gun where, you know, it was like one shot kills and everything that you did. The level select cheats where you could just go to the final mission in the story, all that stuff, you know, so much so much fun. And if you didn't have either a Game Shark or an action replay back then to do it, you just had to work at it the old fashioned way, but you never got any of the fun extra stuff too. But a lot of good fun with that game, a lot of good memories. Um, it was definitely probably in my top three 64 games that we owned back then. But uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff, man. Can't say right. anything bad about it. All right, all right, Travis. What about you, bud? So I did play it um, on the '64 originally, um, and it because I was still a lot younger around that time when it came out. I never really got like fully invested into it. Um, I was more into like Zelda or. Um, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Snap, Hey You Pikachu, all those games. So I never actually really played it a whole lot. But one of my best memories with it was one of my buddies uh, when I was in Georgia at school for um, college or whatever. They uh, had it on their laptop on like their MacBook on a like an emulator. And so I remember him literally him and I sharing his keyboard on the laptop playing this game trying to kill each other on split screen and i'm like oh my wow. gosh this is like one of the craziest ways to that's, be playing this game right now that's awesome very um, cool it, it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it very much that's awesome that's awesome what for about me, you for me you know kind of what you were saying you know we obviously played this game a lot together as a kid um or as kids um i love that golden gun mode that paintball mode uh, really just like playing multiplayer. I forget what level it's called. Um, I should have written this down when I was playing it, but that one where you can like go in the bathroom and kind of just like hide in the bathroom stalls, the facility, that's the second level in the actual story. That's the one. Called, yeah, that's the one called, I remember called the facility. I, yeah. I remember like you like slide down the little tunnel. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, Oh my goodness. <laughs> such a good time. Such a good time. Yeah. I remember the, the laser gun. You know, being able to just oh yeah, I forgot about that one. But no, I think I I think that like all of us had you know very positive memories with this game, and obviously it is a game that came out in 1997. Technology has changed; the way we play games has changed. When you think of a first-person shooter, right? Obviously, back in that day, you're gonna think of GoldenEye, but here in the year of our Lord 2023. Does GoldenEye stand the test of time? And I think for a lot of people, because I I just have to say that this game was wanted by the masses. Everyone was excited for GoldenEye. Yes. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you look up right now on Google, Goldeneye, Xbox, or Nintendo. There's going to be many articles that say it's trash. The game did not age 
Wow. Let that sink in. So as 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 it was released on the Nintendo Switch expansion and Xbox, people quickly realized that the Nintendo Switch exp- or yeah, the Nintendo Online expansion pack the controls were the controls that were associated with the game or not I was about to say GameCube, but the 64 controller, which if you remember the 64 controller, it looks like a little dingle dong and it's just yeah. It doesn't add up. Like when you think of how we use controllers today and the ergonomics of a controller and what we know about shooter games, right? The controls aren't going to match up what you're expecting to do. There was a a steep learning curve to relearn how to use this game. However, you know, when you play on the Xbox version, they actually remapped the controls to where it was standard. You press X to reload. You press Y to change your weapon. You you know, press RT to be able to shoot. Like it felt like a typical standard FPS. So I very quickly went from playing it on the Nintendo Switch to exclusively playing it on the Xbox, mainly because of the controls. So if you're thinking about playing this game and you have the options of a Switch or the Xbox, here's the thing. Xbox controls much better. Nintendo Switch online multiplayer capabilities so it really just depends on what you're trying to do if you're trying to recreate those days of old where you're playing with some buddies you're going to want to hop over on the nintendo switch and you're just going to have to finagle with it until you're ready to rock and roll if you Uh want just a more laid-back experience because me personally i didn't do any uh multiplayer i spent my time exclusively in the campaign um and it was it was a ton of fun but obviously i didn't my focus wasn't the multiplayer so I was able to just use what I used and do what I do. Just curious, how far did you get in the campaign? If you I completed it. I completed it. Oh, okay. Okay. You beat yeah, the game. Good deal. I played Good through deal. it. It didn't take me mm-hmm. too, too long. There were a couple sections where I just had to look up like where I'm supposed to go. Uh, primarily in the very first level. Because mm-hmm. I was like blasting through. I had this sniper rifle that had like unlimited ammo. Because ammo, <laughs> well, the thing about this game is when you collect ammo, it's not like in games now where it's ammo for a specific gun. It's just you're collecting ammo. So oh. whatever weapon you're using, because you can carry as many weapons as you want, but whatever weapon you're using, you have that much ammunition. And so if I wanted to just blast people with a rocket launcher over and over and over again, I could. It takes a long time to, to reload those weapons, but I could do that. And so, and so as I was playing it, you know, there were a couple times where I just wasn't sure where I was supposed to go next. So I had to look some things up, but I, I overall, you know, I had, I had a good time playing the game. Obviously I knew what I was, what to expect. It's not a remake or remaster. It truly is the game from 1997. We're just able to play it now, which is great for video game. What, what is it? Conservation conversation. Conservation, um, yeah. I think con- yeah. conservation. And so it's it's preservation too. That's another one I could use. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Another Asian, but I don't know. I I'm happy that it released. I still have those fond memories of the game, but is it all that it was 
Like, I don't know. I feel like people, I don't know what were, what were, I would like to hear from you all. Travis primarily. Mm. All because right. well, I know, be... I know your experience with this. Well, actually I kind of told my experience. So before I ask this question, I want to know what y'all ex- y'all's experience with this game were like. And so Travis, I know yours, yours is great. So I want to hear. Yeah. So my, um, my time with the game, especially since the uh, re-release, I only played it on the switch. Cause I was like, all right, this is how I played it when I was a kid. This is how I played it. Technically, you know, it was a Nintendo 64 version uh, that I played with my buddy on his computer. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. This is the one I'm going to play on. And I was actually sitting at my computer, I had my Switch hooked up, and uh, I was actually testing some recording stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm going to play the first mission and see. And I probably played it for about 30 minutes and had to stop because the controls were so, like, trying to control the camera. It was so bad, it started making me, like, motion sick. So I was like, oh, okay, no. yeah, I'm good. I, I, I can't, I can't play this. Yeah. Um, but then you know what's funny is I didn't even know it was on Xbox until like a couple of days after, and then I was on that Breath of the Wild kick, and so I was like, eh, I'm gonna play Breath of the Wild. I, I respect that. I respect that. So you played it on the Switch. It made you sick. Yes. My goodness. <laughs> See, not only are video games making us soft, but man america no, i mean they are america well, but, is doomed yeah <laughs> but, well sure. i don't know I, i'll let dj share his experience next before i talk about how what i was gonna say all right dj let's let's hear it all right so i have not tried it on xbox yet um but after hearing both of your reactions about it i'm definitely gonna give it a shot here uh, probably this evening um so I played it for the Switch, obviously. Have not tested out the multiplayer yet. When I started Mission 1 on the dam, where you have to go and you have to bungee jump and do all this stuff, I the controls just... Oh, it was, it was an absolute nightmare. Um, it's very, very sensitive. Um, you have to be very careful in how you move uh, the, the stick on the left Joy-Con. Um, I was playing it on the TV, so I actually just had the Joy-Cons in my hands. Um, Then I went to actually in handheld mode, and it felt a little better, but the controls to me were still a little little too sensitive once I figured it out, though it was fine. Um, Like you said, the control mapping is virtually identical to how it was back then, Um, you know, you press the A button and you're switching your weapons, then you reload and then, you, you know, all this stuff. But, but I liked it um, to the fact of just, just for the nostalgia aspect of it. Um, I did enjoy, enjoy that part, but I do, I do wish they would have kind of tweaked the controls a little bit. I mean, cause it's, it's, it's one thing to, to re-release a game you know, from basically three console generations prior, three or four, you know, 25 years ago. But if you're going to do that and make sure it's, you know, 100% user-friendly and you're not going to get negative reviews. Yeah, I think, you know, to that point, like, people... Like the game itself, 
right? When we're talking about what we enjoyed about the game, the original, it's it's something that I, I just thought of is that the main thing we enjoyed was that multiplayer aspect where we're like together. It was like a fun couch co-op game. And so right now, mm-hmm. you know, neither of us, all three of us, we didn't play multiplayer. And remember yeah. when we were talking about how much we love this game, we our big focus was, you know, Travis playing on a computer together, you know, both sharing the keyboard, playing split screen, me and David would play as kids. And so that's something, you know, where the nostalgia factor comes into play, where this game truly was, you know, a, a great game uh, in its time. Like another game I think of when I think of like a couch co-op game that that really revolutionized things uh, like Halo, the original Halo. Yeah, that yeah, was a game that. that that, you know. Now, with like the Master Chief Collection and so on, you can play that online. But when it came out, you might have been able to play it online when it came out as well. I don't remember. But I remember it was such a huge thing for Couch Co-op. And so if we were to review uh, that game, Halo, and we only focused on the story, which don't get me wrong, it did have an excellent campaign, you know. But multiplayer is, is a part of what brings those core memories back for that game just like with GoldenEye. Yeah. You know, so so as we're playing it, you know, we're not all together. If we all three were together and we were playing split screen, I'm sure we would have a blast. I'm sure we yeah. would it would be a great time. Um because part of the joy in playing this game was, you know, one upping the person next to you, was finding them, was screen reading, you know, doing all oh, that yeah. stuff to to, you know, be better than the person next to you. And that's something that, that I kind of miss in games these days, you know, as an adult also, you know, I don't have necessarily, you know, I was, I was going to say, I miss the couch co-op, you know, but truly, you know, speaking for myself, you know, I'm sure there's some, some adults that have, you know, children or have, you know, a spouse that would play the game as well. Me personally, I enjoy couch co-op games, but, Realistically, I don't have anyone to couch co-op with, but I think that that is something that's missing in a lot of games because when you think of growing up, you know, even if I was just at a buddy's house, it wasn't necessarily me, you know, playing, but that is just a fundamental memory I have is like playing games with a friend, you know, against a friend. And today it's like the only way you can do that is if you have a freaking land party and everyone has their system over and you're all linked up together. Yeah. Like there's really no <laughs> way for that in a lot of games, unless we look at Nintendo, Nintendo, which this is a Nintendo game. So, you know, but when we, th- when we think of, you know, Halo, when we think of call of duty, you know, there isn't that split screen anymore. There isn't that local co-op. It's all online. And that breaks my little heart. Mm-hmm. No, me too. Cause I remember that too as a kid. Halo was like my our big thing. Like, yeah, we played a little bit of GoldenEye, but I remember primarily Halo, Halo Two, uh, and even I mean Halo all the way up until I think it was Halo Reach. Even I don't even know. Maybe Halo Four had split screen co op too. I can't remember if it did or not. But um, yeah, I just remember that and and that being like a thing we'd spend hours on. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know back in college, uh, me and Shelby, we actually got the Master Chief Collection and we could, you could do the campaigns. 
you know, split screen. And so yeah. her and I sat down and we played all the games, campaign split screen. You know, we, we played through it. And that's that was, awesome. that was such a that's fun awesome. memory, but like, yeah. you can do that on the most recent Halo, Halo Infinite, which yeah. we're going to be talking about next, next week. Yeah, buddy. But local. Yeah. No. Yeah. No local. Because when you think about it, Nintendo, the whole Nintendo 64 era, but especially games like, you know, your 007 GoldenEye and your Mario Karts and Mario Party, the N64 really revolutionized and brought about the ultimate couch co-op era. Because, you know, the PlayStation, you could play with one other person, you know, certain games, you know, like your Madden and and stuff like that, where you could have like a one-on-one, but really just you get a whole bunch of buddies around, you know, and even if it's, you know, five or six or seven of you, and even though it only plays four players, you know, if you're playing Mario Kart or for, you know, for this episode, 007, okay, you know, we're all going to play, but whoever has the least amount of kills, you sit out, next person jump in and we rotate. I mean, that was, that was what we did. You know, that was, that was just, just fun stuff that you can't really do anymore. Like you were saying, Yeah. you know, it was, it was so much, so many memories because there were times where I don't know, it was me, you and Bradley. And then I know that we had other friends of ours, you know, there at the house too. And that's what we would do is we would, you know, swap in and swap out and, just just a lot of cool stuff so in a way it's like the it's like the granddaddy of first person shooter multiplayer yeah i just i just feel like you know nintendo does it right still where you're able to like nintendo is the home for party games when you think of smash you think of mario kart like those are staples when you have a big gathering um and i i think that you know, there have been games where co-op and couch co-op have been important. You know, one of the ones we talked about last year, um, it takes two. You can play that online or or split screen, and that is a a phenomenal game that utilizes that um, where you're able to to do that. But, you know, I think, I don't know. It's just like that genre of multiplayer. You know, we have... A lot of story games, single player campaign games, but almost every, I would say, I'd go so high as to say 90 to 95% of games on Xbox, PlayStation that are multiplayer, it's exclusive to online. And, you know, as a, if I was a kid growing up in this age, like that would not be fun where I'm not able to play with you know, my, my, my brothers, you know, play with my siblings. And so that's why I think the Nintendo switch and Nintendo in general is always going to be the console. Like that yeah. is going to be the console for families. No, it definitely is. I remember cause, and I want to talk on that multiplayer thing because that was us growing up too, is my friends and I, as we got older and we were playing on Xbox one, we played battlefield four and battlefield three all the time. Like, I had several hundred hours logged into both of those games, but the way that we would be able to like kind of break away from that is they had this one thing for battlefield. And I don't know, I don't think call of duty did this, but you could set up your own like server 
for a rotation of maps and you can make it like strict and it's like only acceptable to people who got invites and so like my one buddy tyler would always be the one that make the server and then he would just send us invites and then that's how we would talk and and hang out and play and it would literally just be like four or five of us on a gigantic map on battlefield three or battlefield four uh playing and having fun you know but um that that was like the only way that i know of that you could get somewhat close to it but yeah i mean nintendo that's just their thing even splatoon um splatoon one two and three i think all have that too um which i want to get some of those games those games look like they're a lot of fun now that i have internet you know this is off the wall and I don't know why I thought of it. I think because Splatoon, you know, that was a that was a launch ish title for the Switch, right? I think. Uh, I th- or did it come out for the Wii U? I think it came out for the Wii U first. Research time. Yeah, we got to well, Google that. Okay, because because Breath of the Wild and we in Splatoon both came out for the Wii U and both came out for the Switch. Breath of the I, Wilds on the Wii U. Yeah. But yes, think... it was it was like the final title released for the Wii U or one of wow. them, not yeah. counting the Just Dance games that still random. Happened. They still made Just Dance games for the Wii, the Wii up until like 2020. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. No fun fun fact. I was at a uh, Thanksgiving dinner with some friends in South Carolina when I was visiting, and they actually had a Wii, they plugged it up and they had um, the So You Thinking a Dance or whatever the dance the game's called for 2020 and we played it. And it was like <laughs> songs that were like, oh wow, like they like this is a Wii game, but we're listening to these modern songs. Very That's fun. Funny. Very fun, yeah. Uh, my friend Ashley, she was like, oh, this is the best level. I'm so good at this. But then I beat her and, Ooh. you know, then she kicked us out and I was like, well, get good. Uh <laughs> Yeah, Splatoon 1 in North America released May 29th, 2015 for the Wii U. But is that also for the Switch? Let me see. Because Switch came out 2017. Oh. Yeah. Splatoon 2. It was... A few months shy of being a launch title. Splatoon 2 came out July 21st of 2017. Okay, okay, okay. So regardless of if Splatoon was or wasn't, this is random, and I'm sorry that that sidetracked us. ARMS. Did either of you play ARMS? No, I really wanted to, though. Oh, my goodness. What if, what (laughs) if, what if we go ahead and put that on our schedule? Um, Oh, my gosh. Like, we, we we need to do that, and we need to play it together, though. That's the yes, thing. Yes, we have Me to. Travis, be in we're gonna link up. We're gonna link up. We're gonna we're gonna do that. I'll get it from like GameFly or something. Yeah, I'll come over. Uh, we'll do, do some some Pokemon card battles and then yes. we'll play Arms. Let's do it. That sounds Perfect. fantastic. That I mean, I wanted fun. to play that game. What about the, what's that, that other one where it's like one that, two switch? One two switch. That was a launch oh, title. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, that yeah, one's yeah, like yeah. the that, that one's like the Nintendo version of you know the like Mario Party. I say like the Nintendo version of Wii Sports only because I know there's a Nintendo Switch Sports out now, but Wii Sports was like your package game with the Wii and it had the sports to show you what the controllers were capable of doing. Uh, Whereas 1-2 Switch is like this is the Switch's way of saying, hey, 
this game you need to do this and this game you need to do that and these are the features of the joy cons that's pretty much what one two switch was all right so here's the thing here's the thing i think for the past like 10 minutes we have gotten way off topic from golden (laughs) we have we've talked about other we've talked about multiplayer we've talked about other games we want to cover on the show but let's like rein it in and go back to the game um i'm gonna be honest with you right i have to think of golden eye as the game i played as a child not necessarily as the game I play today. Same. If that is something that I can play, you know, with friends, with family, where we can kind of just hang out and play the game, I personally, you know, think it is a game that you should play. You know, ah, does it live up? Does it age well? No, it does not. There are other games that you will play that are a lot more enjoyable. So if this isn't a game you've played in the past and you don't have those memories attached to it, this might be a skip for you, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people are like so hyped, like, oh, everyone hyped up this game. It's finally available to play on modern consoles. If you didn't play it in the past, you're not going to know what you're not going to. It's not going to be special to you. There's not going to be anything for you to to look forward to on that aspect. But with that, you know, I I gave it a very. I think, in my opinion, I gave it a high rating. You know, while it didn't age, this is a game from 1997. It is a game that many consider to be one of the greatest games of all time. And so for that, you know, I would recommend playing this game, even if it's just once, to experience that. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I'm going to go ahead and say what I gave this game, what rating I gave it, even though it's like out of order, out of sync. But I'm giving it a a 4 out of 5. Nice. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'll i just jump into mine if that's cool because I, I had a little bit that I wanted to share on it. And um, what I was going to share was, is, is, and this is just something I have a complaint with the Nintendo Online Expansion Pack Plus thing, whatever, um, in general, is I want them to add mapping controls for the, for the controller. Like, we're in 2023... Literally, Xbox has so many different controllers that you can like program to do any number of things, right. and yet online the Switch you you can't you can't program your your Joy Cons. Like, if I could reprogram my controllers, I think I would have had a way better experience. I probably would not have gotten as like like motion sickness. Right. Um. I. I and same thing for like I've even played Ocarina of Time on there, and and I've had issues with that too. Like some of the uh, using the Joy-Con to try and input the songs for this different songs and stuff like that. So um, that's where that's what my issue is. And and as a game develop like company and big as Nintendo is, I really I really need them as they release more. Um, titles into the online expansion pack plus thing for the nintendo 64 they need to add that as a feature as some sort of update but um i don't again want to take that away i don't want to take the new releases of that or like the re-releases of that and skew what it was like for its original time so yeah i i gave it a four because i did enjoy the game and i um have fond memories of playing it playing it with others and I know that it has the potential to still even somewhat hold up as a good nostalgia night for some older people yeah, like or yeah. us, you know, or adults or whatever. Um, so I, I give it a four because I think it's, it's still deserving of that just because it's had a bad port. 
Um, I don't think it should deserve a complete, like, you know, a two, you know, because that's not the game's fault. That's Nintendo's fault. Yeah. And and just to that, because, you know, when I was reading up on and seeing firsthand the difference in the controls between the Switch and the Xbox, like, and we talked about this with with some of the other games we've, we've covered for Nintendo, is that there is a sense of, like, a laziness from Nintendo where they don't yes. feel the need to do those things to give those quality of life adjustments because people are still going to play it. They think yep. they're like, they should be happy for what they get. And to an extent, I understand that. But also if you're in this business, you know, wanting your customers to be happy, why not actually like go that extra mile to do that? Because well, it right. would be and a simple thing where yeah. if they implement it from the get go, like, I feel like with the emulation system that they use, they could just have a set thing to where then it works for all the games. Yes. No, I agree. And, and, and the other issue too is make your controller more accessible. I looked yeah. the other day just to try and find if I could get the Nintendo 64 controller that they re-released for the Switch that's compatible. And lo and behold, it's sold out once again. Yeah. And it, yeah, I that whole thing, if... Because as a company, if you actually like put effort into this, yeah, you're going to have your diehards. You're going to have us. You're going to have the ones that are going to get it no matter what. But if you actually make it something where you can actually customize it a little bit more and make it a little bit more enjoyable, you're going to have more sales. You're going to have more revenue, even more money come in. And people say, oh, wow, Nintendo actually did it right. So I'm going to get a Switch and I'm going to get that online expansion plat plus, plus pack, whatever thing it is. And I'm going to play it, right? Yeah. Um, I think they're still definitely missing out on extra revenue that they could have. Yeah. DJ, what about you? What are your, th- what are your thoughts on GoldenEye? As a whole, GoldenEye is a fantastic game. It came from Rare, which for those of you that know Rare, um, the 90s and early 2000s, basically it's, they mostly had games on the 64, but they had some in some other places, but but that whole era right there was like their golden years, you know, releasing GoldenEye, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, Diddy Kong Racing, um, Perfect Dark, all of those other titles, Conker's Bad Fur Day. I could keep going, but but GoldenEye itself was is definitely, in my opinion, what most people thought back in the day is like like a diamond in the rough. You know, you're like, oh, cool, this is a 007 game. Let's see if it's going to be any good. And then just, it just explodes. You know, it's popular. It's enjoyable. Couch co-op has officially begun outside of the Mario universe. You know, when you have your FPS and all of this stuff, it's just, it's such, such a good game. And then to see what, what happened with this release now, I know that you've said it's better on the Xbox version, but the Nintendo side of it, I love that they're bringing back the N64 games with the expansion pack. It's it's great. I love it. We can relive those memories over and over again with all the games. But like you said, Nintendo's getting lazy. And it's like, if you want, if you want, if it's not too much to ask, Give us a retro mode and let us play like it's in 1997 and then give us an updated version. Give us the option on the title screen to select which one you want to play. 
you know, maybe they don't want to put the work into that, whatever. Maybe that would cost much more money. I don't know. But like you said, if they were to do something like that and make it more modern and make it more appealing, I mean, we're going to play it because of nostalgia reasons anyway. But for the newer generation that's never experienced that before, instead of it being a, oh, well, they give crappy reviews, let's just try it out and see what I think to where of, hey, this is really cool. I like what they did. I'm hooked. Then, you know, that would be great. You know, as Travis said, you know, for Nintendo to possibly get more revenue out of it. But but overall, um, initially I was going to give it a three, but I'm going to bump it up to a four because it really struck me when Travis said, you know, we're rating the game, not Nintendo and how they handled it. Because yeah. I'm not going to lie, when I touched the controls for that first mission on the Switch, my thought was instantly, can I give it a zero? Because it was just, I was so frustrated with it. But the more I played it, I got used to it. The more we talked on here and I thought about it. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to just slander the game that I grew up with and loved as a child. Because in my opinion, Nintendo has had the expansion pack for a year or or longer yeah, I think it's been and, a little over a year. You know, if they if they knew they were going to put this game out there, they should have they should have done a better job with it. But I'm yeah. I'm with you guys. I'm going with a four. Yeah, you know, Nintendo. If there's any Nintendo execs or you know employees listening, you just gotta you just gotta do a little bit better. You know, it, all it all it takes is for you to show you care. Um, I feel like every game, every Nintendo game we've had, we've kind of had that conversation where you know there was just some things where they they don't put their all into it yeah and a part of that falls back on us because us as consumers you know thinking of pokemon most recently you know that is technically a nintendo nintendo game it's it sold 10 million or whatever in three days so why do they need to change you know, so, and I'm not, I'm not a person that's going to be like, well, boycott this game because that I, I'm not about that. You know, if you, yeah, if you're no. liking, if you like a game and you want to play it, go play it. Yeah. But you also just have to, you know, be mindful of that, that when you do purchase that game, when you do play that game, you know, it is in a sense rewarding, you know, that bad behavior, if you will, you know, I'm a school teacher. That's, you know, where I go, but, but yeah, no, uh, golden eye. If you haven't played it, play it. Um, or I mean, if you haven't played it on the re-release, play it. If you haven't played yeah. it ever, you might want to skip it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it was a good one. Next next year, or next year, whoa, next week, we're going to stick to the FPS genre. And I alluded to it earlier. But we're going to go from 1997 and we're going to jump in time to 2021. And we're going to discuss the latest Halo game, uh, Halo Infinite, which kind of changed things up quite a bit for the Halo franchise as far as, you know, their path, their way of moving. And we're also kind of going to jump into the shakeups that have been going on with Microsoft, specifically 343 Industries. Um, And if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, we're going to discuss that next week. Uh, but as always, remember, you can find us on social media. 
Um, our socials are tagged in the episode description. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Why Not Game Pod. Thanks for tuning in. You know, we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love some game recommendations as well. Uh, but until next time, I want you to ask yourself, Why not? <laughs>